This podcast is a Tucker Media production. For more information, head to tuckermedia.com.au. Hi, I'm Ralph Tucker from Tucker Media. The year 2020 has certainly presented challenges for everyone across the world. In 2020 Revision, I'll chat to a cross-section of the community about their experiences and learnings in this truly unique period of history. From business owners, to professional athletes, to new mums, everyone will share their stories. And to give it an authentic 2020 feel, I've recorded these chats at my kitchen table over Zoom. Emily Smith, welcome to 2020 Revision. Thank you for having me. That's quite all right. Now, you're a senior television producer for the ABC, but more importantly, you're a new mum in 2020. Now, becoming a new mum is daunting at the best of times, but during a global pandemic, probably next level. Yeah, it's been crazy. For journalists, this year is the biggest story probably of their careers, of their lives, and I've had the biggest um, career story and also the the biggest event in my entire life happen in 2020. So it's been um, a, a wild ride. Tell me about, I guess, initially, I mean, the joy that comes with becoming pregnant for the first time and, and going through that and then obviously everything you have to learn in, in the lead up to the birth, then coronavirus hits. Were you in a state of what the hell, how do I deal with this extra spanner or were you just happy to roll with it? Um, I suppose um, I, I, I rolled with it because I, I had to given um, what was going on in the world and what um, as a TV producer we needed to cover um, and I think the people around me, excuse me, that's my little bub making some noises now, um, <laughs> the people around me were really good at actually monitoring things a little bit better than I was. Oh, nice um, little Remy. Um, but it was uh, initially. And then um, there were a lot of like little scary moments along the way because um, all of a sudden no one obviously had a clue at the beginning of the year just how bad this could get uh, and who was vulnerable and who was not. And all of a sudden, I've, you know, I've been a, a healthy person, touch wood, luckily all my life, um, that you become in the vulnerable category. And a lot of people, medical professionals, can, can't really say definitively if you're going to be okay or not. So there, it, it was quite um, quite um, scary in just that sort of uh, like bigger, bigger um, extent. And obviously people would just didn't have a clue how, what sort of impact um, the virus could have on pregnant people at the beginning of the year. So, so were you guided by the medical professionals that you're working with? Were you doing, you know, obviously with the brain that you have working in uh, media and, and researching, were you doing a lot of that on the side? What what was your approach to it all? I, um, yeah, I was speaking to, I had a great obstetrician and I was speaking to her a fair bit um, and also um, funnily enough, uh, one of my closest, oldest friends is um, an infectious diseases specialist. And As luck would have very- it. <laughs> Very convenient. Um, also, a mother of two, and when she specialised in this like five years ago, six years ago, I was like, "That's what a random choice!" But mm. wow, has that paid off? Mm. Um, she. So I was in touch with her a fair bit, and there were studies done, and which I was reading about. And I, I work with someone that um, is is a journalist and an academic and incredible researcher. I was talking to her a fair bit about it as well. But 
the studies were based on, you know, 20 women in China. Like, like you know, that's not exactly... Not um, a huge sample. Exactly. So uh, there were... Um, I was reading and trying, um, but I, I'm really lucky. I have a wonderful um, team um, and my management was really took care of me straight away and I think um, ABC generally went into sort of safe mode pretty pretty early in the picture and I got a call on the Sunday afternoon and we're talking plans and then at the end of the conversation it was like well obviously Emily as you you know you stay home for now um, and work from home because we oh because we can't tell what's going to um, happen Um, and then I never went back to the office so that was March 15 and wow. I never went back to the office which was a really really weird thing sort of have this pregnancy uh without sort of by myself you know in a way without um colleagues or friends so in that situation obviously you you, you mentioned were you what were the plans around maternity leave before you were you know struck down by um what was going to take over the the world so I, I planned to sort of be off sometime mid-June. I was um, due early July and obviously work right up until that. I'm, I manage a team. It's a, a hectic job. Um, my um, The senior members of my team all, all, all just happened to be women um, who were, who have all had children and were sort of said, you know, you, you might need to take it easy a little bit. It's hard pregnancy. Um, but I so I had that kind of attitude going in. Um and then, um, then we obviously all had to change. In mid March, this was before. This was sort of as or before um, Scott Morrison sort of announced those major restrictions on like large crowds, etc. Uh, and we made some changes um, to our workplace. Um, that's when it sort of became a bit serious. That's when things really quite dramatically uh, changed in terms of our planning. Because I'm married to a school teacher, and they were kept at school for a long time, like all all teachers, um, which caused us an enormous amount of stress. We were living with my, they don't say they're elderly, but my parents, they're elderly. Um, so he was, he was a school teacher living with um, two vulnerable sets of people and they're elderly and are pregnant. And so he moved out. We, we hired um, a, a service apartment. Um, for a, a week or two, while he figured things sort of, well, we figured things out how we could actually operate in this environment, and that was in March. So when no one really had a clue, so it was all a bit weird and different um, in that sense. I think different is probably understating <laughs> it massively. But what about things that I guess normal, um, for one of a better term, couples go through, like you know, antenatal classes and and you know, appointments with um, specialists and all of that. How did all of that go down in that period? So I'm one of those people. I've always been in my entire life um, someone that leaves things to the last moment. <laughs> so um, I kind of thought like a lot of the you know how you learn to be a parent, how you learn to give birth. I'll do one of those weekend courses. Um, I'll learn everything I know. All of our mm. friends said how wonderful they were and great, and that that would be my, my prep for this. Um, and of course, everything was cancelled. Yeah. Uh, and that really kind of terrified me um, because I was really <laughs> relying on it. And you'll know, everyone will know that's ever read anything to do with pregnancy or parenting. There's so much contradictory advice in books, and so they were doing my head in. Um, I, I'm a 
person that likes to hear from people and that's how I learn. And so I was really quite, everything was cancelled. My OB continued to have um, in-face um, consultations if we wanted to, yep. uh, which was really good. But um, so I still continued that, not with my husband because there were restrictions on who was allowed in and you know, this is our first baby Um so that was a bit sad and disappointing and a little bit scary not to have him involved in, in those kind of conversations. And then actually, although, uh, right as we were making some quite important decisions, you know, just in the weeks before birth about whether we were going to be induced and for various reasons, my husband was allowed to take me to the appointment but not come in. So he stood in a hallway wow. um, listening on the <clears throat> phone and we were making this quite significant decision and having these quite significant um um, like scans done and tests done um, and uh, all with him sort of like down the uh, down the corridor and it felt really strange and a little bit uh, daunting and a little bit sad. And like disconnected as well, I would imagine, like even though you're there by the phone, but I can't imagine not being in the, I guess, in the office without, you know, without your partner, like strange. Absolutely. It's in, like I think um, I, I sort of... Uh, we had sort of figured at the initial, you know, apart from like the main appointments, the big, big scans, he was going to come to all of those. But um, the early appointments I'd handle myself because it's just, you know, there's a lot and it's quite a disruption. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, towards the business end of the um, the pregnancy that he would be a part of everything. Um, and that was... Um, <laughs> that was obviously not allowed. And I, like I... I had um, some concerns and I was getting very stressed and working very, very hard as everyone was. Um, and my my husband was very concerned about my health. Um, and so he, him not being able to be a part of those um, meetings, you know, he was having to, he was having separate conversations with the obstetrician over the phone and stuff because he couldn't have that face-to-face contact to have yeah. those chats. Yeah. Wow. So fast forwarding to the, the birth itself yes. and the timeline around that, was that during a lockdown period or was that shortly after a lockdown period? What, where were you at with all of that and what was your, I guess, your feeling towards the, the frontline workers that were assisting you during the, the, the birth? Uh, well, I mean, they're incredible because um, these midwives and doctors are, are in um, risky environments given that they work very much at a hospital um and what the hospital i gave birth in they that was a covid testing site from early days you know like they were dealing with it from the very beginning and we were actually as it happens we went in the night before because i got induced and um we were in this really large um like theater room um that we were staying in and they said oh this is our like covid prepare prepared in this room and I was like what does that mean so well if any woman that came in they hadn't had anyone so that was July um so a number of months but they so they hadn't had to experience it thank goodness but any woman that came in um was going to give birth in this room and they had enough supplies in there so they didn't have to go into other um areas of the hospital and they could just basically like throw it all away, sterilize and start again if that if they needed to. So it was like this separate sort of environment that they had um, planned for just in case. Um, but as it was in the lead up 
and I think it was only about six weeks before, maybe about seven weeks before, there was discussion that um, male partners or partners, female partners, male female partners couldn't be allowed in the delivery room with you, which was mind blowing to me. Yeah. I needed that. I needed someone um, to as a support person, and thank goodness that that um, that was sort of um, over by the time I gave birth. It was a threat over, you know, that they could, if anything got bad, that they would obviously want to limit the number of people in the hospital, which is completely fair enough. But to not have your yeah. person, whoever your person is there, that's terrifying. Yeah, totally terrifying. So what was your, your feeling around that? Obviously then there was, uh, I guess, a, a feeling of, okay, well, they will be here. That's, yeah. that's great. And that sort of yeah. gave you that extra, I guess, support you needed throughout that, yeah. that period. So moving sort of on towards that, I mean, how did you sort of feel afterwards in terms of, okay, the support that you were getting, I mean, the visitation rights and all of those yeah. things, that would have been totally different to what, um, again, you put using in inverted commas, yeah. normal people would have expected. Yeah. Absolutely. So they um, they at that time um, and for a long time and, and maybe still in place, you couldn't have any visitors. So I was in hospital for five nights, um, so four nights with, with Bub, and um, my husband was, at, was allowed to stay that whole time, so that was excellent. Um, and so we were in this bubble and we were in a baby bubble and everyone talks about it, but without any visitors, we were in a complete bubble. And we were sort of asked to stick to our room um, as much as possible and only left if, I, you know, you had to. And um, I'm a very private person, so I actually loved it. I loved it. I felt it's so, if you've, um, Ralph, you've had this joy twice, if anyone's had this joy you are overwhelmed with emotions and feelings. It is the most intense emotional roller coaster, and it was actually lovely to just have um, some privacy to deal with those emotions, that craziness, that like yep. unbelievable bursting love, but also, you know, everything's heightened. You think everything's funnier, everything's sadder, everything's lovelier. And it was quite nice to not have to like deal with visitors during that time. Yeah, I was going to say because that's one of the, one, that's one of the great delicate balances of becoming a new parent is almost like as a as a as a male in that situation you're almost like the gatekeeper because yeah. people are yeah. genuine in their in their joy and they want to share what's just occurred. <laughs> but there's also that fact of. There's a new human that's just arrived. There's also a mother, as you mentioned, that's uh, experiencing these heightened, um, you know, hormones and everything that, that goes yeah. along with it. So you've kind of got to almost be rude to people and say, we're not seeing any visitors and other people you're like, yeah, but you can come, but only for 20 minutes. And like, yeah. it's, it's it's that period to have that removed, I guess, in oh. your situation, as you mentioned, kind of like a little bit of a blessing, you know, in a way. Uh, it uh, it was it was like obviously um I would have loved to have my mum there because there's something really really uniquely special about mums and daughters and yep. giving birth and that and I would have loved that um at the same time uh, having that sort of just that privacy of the, the three of you so it's just me and my husband and my baby it was so magical it was so magical and friends that had just been through it I've got a lot of friends that have you know got you know one one year olds had said this is lovely, like enjoy it and just be in that bubble, shut down and we'll speak to you when you're out of it. And um, 
it was that was very very special but that's actually the week that um so my husband's from melbourne yeah and so all his family are there and that was the week that they announced board closures and um my uh my mother-in-law and my father-in-law obviously had planned to come up you know as soon as they they could so the, the following week when we were out of hospital and they couldn't and they were they were devastated and so we would we would um dealing with a lot of people's emotions with that like how to cope with that my um I, I, my husband kept his feelings to himself because I think he don't, didn't as, think I could handle it. As bikes do. Yes. <laughs> um, and, but that was really, um, that was a crazy week because Victoria was just going through all of this madness um, and, and it just got, you know, increasingly worse. Um, and, uh, my, you know, we were going to be separated from the, you know, the grandparents, you know, which was, which was really sad. Sorry, we're teething here, Ralph. So <laughs> we're in the middle of um, four-month-old teething, and so that's what you're hearing: is little tears in the background. We're experiencing <laughs> the challenges as we um, as we record this. <laughs> so, what about the other things that go along with again a, a normal yeah. um, upbringing of a, an infant, like mothers' group? Did that exist for you? Like, how did all of that unfold as well? Well, initially, the whole the immediate weeks after were really challenging because obviously we couldn't have as many visitors um we had to be very careful um so it was quite isolating the first few weeks after birth I mean I I didn't mind it because again like I'm I'm kind of a person that just wanted to go through this experience a little bit privately for for a moment and then have have friends but for, for, for weeks we didn't really see anyone and it took a couple of weeks for me to be able to see my parents um which you know that means also it's exhausting because, as you know, you had we had no break, so we had a baby that wouldn't go down at all. Um, so for weeks we were in this like shift pattern of of being um, sitting up awake with bubs and doing all the other sort of things um, without that sort of village to support. So it was a bit, yeah, it was a bit of a, a bit of a challenge. Uh, and mother's group was, excuse me, I just move bubs around. Um, Mother's group was done like everything else this year virtually and so we were sort of put together in our normal uh, community centre groups but we did ours over Zoom. Um, So you're meeting 12 women and a a nurse over Zoom and it's so strange. You get three of these sessions and, you know, you're dealing with internet outages, babies crying. Like it was a bit of a mess. Um, But so 2020. (laughs) It was it was it was a very odd feeling, um, and then you kind of, as it is with mothers groups, then they go, okay, off you go, and you, if you want to be friends, you be friends. But when you hadn't met anyone yet, no, how strange it was to then start up, you know, conversations. And we started a WhatsApp group, um, and oh my god, it's actually been the most amazing experience of friendship because. We were we're strangers on a group. It's so um, 2020, talking about the most intimate, private things we hadn't even met before. And it took us obviously a while to meet and there was um, nervousness around meeting people because we, we I didn't know them and obviously we're trying to be very COVID safe and I know the extent that I go to um, to be COVID safe, but you don't 
no, you know, these sort of strangers and you're, you're taking the most vulnerable person in your life to wow. meet them. And it's, um, it's a crazy experience. And I know friends that have gone through this year with babies and mothers groups and they found that really challenging. I've been in this wonderful group of women who have really got me through this year and all those challenges, many of whom who are actually English because I live in near Bondi, so there's a lot of English people. And um, someone lovely um, said the other day, you know, we're their village because they have no family here whatsoever. Um, and so that's been really, really important to them to have this group um, of, of women, these strangers, who we discuss mostly things on WhatsApp. And in the last couple of months we've just sort of slowly... Um, got together more and more and more in person, which is lovely. One of the things that I guess most new parents notice when they first are dealing with all of the situations is the time that it takes to pack the car. I can't imagine (laughs) how much longer in a pandemic that that takes, like with all of everything else that goes along with it. I was just like, (laughs) it takes you a ridiculous amount of time to get out of the house. Um, Is that what you experienced as well in the, in these times? Absolutely, because I'm um I'm a neat, tidy, clean freak. Anyway, I uh, like I like drive my husband nuts and my friends nuts with it. Mm. Put a pandemic on top of that, and I'm cleaning surfaces <laughs> at like when we go out because I just feel so unbelievably responsible. I'm I'm, I'm not unique in this, but so unbelievably responsible for a tiny human. Um, the amount of hand sanitizer that we have in every single bag, uh, every single um, uh, exit of the house, you know, everything. It's, everything takes a lot more thought, um, meeting up with people who you meet with and what sort of, um, you know, where they've been and how they, um, you know, if, if their their jobs sort of compromise them a bit. We take a lot of precautions because of my husband's job still, you know, you can't socially distance children. No. So he's, um, and he's teenagers, so they're young men um, that he's teaching. So we have protocols in place for when he comes home, how he like washes and changes before he sees the bub. And um, we also let all of our friends know when we see them, all right, this is what's happened at Jimmy's um, school this week, if there's any concerns or this is what we do. Um, so people don't worry because we realise that, they're probably a bit um, nervous about being around uh, him because he doesn't have the option of working from home and so has that sort of uh, extra responsibility there. So there's a lot of thought that goes into this, uh, but we have just been, I don't want to sound like it's its a bad thing because we've just been so unbelievably lucky, you know, this year with everything. It's, while there's a lot of thought, I don't know any other way. I had a few mothers tell me, like say to me, oh, I don't know how you, you know, this this must be really hard to do this during a pandemic, but it's my first. I don't know any other way. So it was all hard and I think that's just new parenting. Well, I must say that you have done remarkably well during this chat to keep things under control. So if you can do that, I think you can do anything. <laughs> we'll wrap it up in a tick, but I just want to get your thoughts on what you're looking forward to most in, in 2021. I really think that... Um, I'm looking forward to things sort of being a bit more relaxed, I suppose. And, and like, obviously, we can't relax until we, we can relax. Um, but just to be able to see friends and see family and be all together um, 
And what's really exciting is now the borders have opened today um, as we speak. Um, so we're going to see um, uh, Remy, my little boy, is going to meet his grandparents in a couple of weeks. Moments, my sister lives in Queensland. Um, so, yeah, that, I'm looking forward to more time with family. But I know, like, I know 2020 has been just the worst year for a lot of people. But we are so unbelievably lucky that it's actually been the most joyful year for us. And I know we're just really grateful for that. And we just want to take that sort of gratitude into 2021 because we're just very lucky. Emily Smith, thanks very much for joining me on 2020 Revision. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it.